0: Firstly, some news. Uh, the current issue of Knit Now magazine, issue 86, is the British Wool issue and it's curated by me. Let me tell you, if you ever think that the selection process for what goes into a magazine is easy, you are dead wrong. I tell you, you are dead wrong. Right, I take my hat off to editors of magazines who have to decide which patterns. Um, go with the theme and fit with the What the that audience of that magazine will be looking for It's It was very difficult but it was a great lot of fun But my hat is absolutely off to the Knit Now team for everything they do Particularly editor Kate Heppel There are 15 patterns Plus a free supplement with a Paddington Bear sweater by Vicky Bird Which is just the darndest cutest thing ever um, I particularly love Maddie Harvey's, uh, she's got a, a Fair Isle berry in there called Nightwatch, um, uh, and it's in Jimson and Smith, and that's a lovely um, work berry. And then there's the Two Little Lighthouse Socks by Dots Dabbles in Kettle Yarn Company, Baskerville. Which just really spoke to me. And I also really love the the Hardy Heroine shawl by Bruna Miss Kelly in in Devonia yarn from John Arbin. So lots of incredible designs and British wool in the current issue of Knit Now. I fully embrace Knit Now's British issue. Kate always seeks to use as much 100% British wool uh, and British spun wool uh, in all of the Knit Now magazines, but it's great to have a focus on uh, having a British issue. And it's amazing. There are a lot of knitting magazines out there and many of them have a British issue. And um, it's not always British wool that they're using or British spun wool that they're using, but, you know, imported wools by British companies. So um, I I was, you know, I, I hugely love what Kate does with um, Knit Now whether it be the british issue or not because the the passion for british rule is there but it was great fun to be involved with this issue and i was delighted to be asked to also write an article for the magazine as well and i did one on myth busting about british rule and i know that, that lots of it will be stuff that you guys know it's just an opportunity to to bring the british rule story to another audience so so it's great and it should be out now all good newsstands and also online Uh, but please note the Paddington supplement is not available in the digital uh, download or for export copies. Also news I will be appearing at Fine Fetal Fibres in Felton Northumbria on the 28th of April. Judith who is the owner of Fine Fetal Fibres is launching Uh, a Northumbrian Rose yarn at the event and this is going to be a limited edition uh, yarn with British wool I'm going to be giving a bit of a talk and I'll have some British wool swatches for you to try out there could be audience participation Um, (laughs) uh, oh that sounded like an evil laugh it didn't mean to be an evil laugh it's just my throat Uh, really it is (laughs) Um, no Um, I'll also be doing some interviews with Judith and those involved with making the yarn which um, is a blend as I said BFL, alpaca and rose fibre yarn and there's also going to be tea and cake and shopping too tickets are £3.50 that is all, £3.50. And they're available from finefetalfibres.co.uk. Uh, there isn't a train station in Felton, but I am told it's about 20 minutes uh, by car from Almouth Station. Uh, any inquiries you have about the event itself should be directed to Judith at Fine Fettle Fibres. And I hope to see you there, I really do. I think it's going to be great fun. Good intentions, quarter three is nigh. I love your enthusiasm for this club, which is the yarn and pattern club that we already own. Uh, the cast on is the 1st of April for quarter three. So what are your quarter three plans? Have you organised this already? Do you need a claxon to go to your stash and pair up some yarn and a pattern that you had intended to make uh, at some point and just never made good on those good intentions? Or have you bought something at Edinburgh Yarn Festival at Yarn and wise, or perhaps a kit, um, or perhaps one of the other yarn festivals this year, and you want to make in- good on those intentions to make those? Well, whatever you decide it is going to be epic, as epic as quarter two. We've had sweaters. Um, Cutty Sark made uh, Ella Gordon's Ola sweater Amber Weinberg made the brook sweater in Croft 29 Hebridean. Sarah M.W. made um, made a vest based on Kate Davies oa. There, oh, there were Booster beanies. Mary, Mary Glennie made um, an Angostura by a soldier. Gojo 63 made Andy Satterland's blaster in John Arbin Knit by Numbers. Becky P. made a mahi in St Kilda. No Butterfly did a crazy heart. In Gotland and Mohair Blends, which I saw at Edinburgh Yarn Festival and it was amazing. Hecky Thump did a Lush in Iona, which was also amazing and which I also saw at Edinburgh Yarn Festival. There were very many good intentions made real in quarter two. So you should all be polishing your halos and straightening your angel wings because you did amazingly well. Me, well, I started my Mahi and had no time to finish it uh, You know, so perhaps in quarter three I'll just try and crack on with that because I'm not doing so well (laughs) And my own good intentions. Um, But really, it's about you. It's not about me, it's about you. Uh, (laughs) I suspect good intentions will just keep on mounting up and we will quite probably be carrying this on for another another year. How would you like to see good intentions going forward? I mean, I know we're only in quarter three, uh, but would you like it to carry on as we've done... Um, this year or would you like to see a sweater quarter a shawl quarter, a colour work quarter a test my skills quarter let me know um, in the show notes or on the Ravelry post for this episode I mean essentially it has to be and will always be the yarn and pattern club that you already own so in your stash you have patterns and you have yarn that you have intended to go together and they've not quite got there and this is the push that we need Um, so yeah let me know if you if you're happy carrying on with the general theme or if you like something a bit more specific each quarter I'm happy and open for your suggestions so do let me know ready to learn about Ryland well I've really enjoyed but also also totally lagged behind with this one as this month's been so busy and I wanted to, to use hand spun Ryland as well as mill spun but I've only managed the latter because obviously doing hand spun means I have to spin it <laughs> and I've just not had time um, but I do have some Ryland fleece and I will uh, do that and add my reviews at later stage before I go on to do a bit of history about Ryland uh, some wool exploration housekeeping, thank you so much for your wool exploration enthusiasm and welcome to new wool explorers I've opened up a general chat thread in the Ravelry group for questions um, about upcoming breed exploration because it's really good to try and keep each breed chat thread just about that breed and um, all the info that you need about joining in in terms of rules and admin for rule exploration they're on netbritish.net they're easy, easy to find um, and you can use the search box if you can't see them but all of those blog posts are linked at the top of rule exploration chat threads on Ravelry. Um, I've had some new listeners who are catching up with the old episodes and are calling this the breed swatch along and I need to be quite emphatic that this is different in that earlier call, we had separate chat threads for British and non-British breed wool, i.e. you know, UK wool and wool that was local to you. And I don't want to do that for this because the focus on wool exploration is to see how varied breed wool can be. And it can be varied in the UK, you know, never mind all over the world. So I want us to sort of be able to compare Ryland wool so wherever you can get it you know I I want you to be able to chat in that one thread if you read the current exploration blog post um, there's information on how to take part and you will see that it has to be 100% of that breed wool but it can be from anywhere in the world Um, there's also a thread in the Knit British Ravelry group called American Wool Exploration which some of our North American members set up to explore native US breeds alongside our wool exploration. And you are very welcome to also uh, join in with that. Uh, but they will be using different breeds from knit British wool exploration. And there are, you know, violence everywhere. Uh, they're quite distinct breeds in New Zealand and Australia. And while we've only had British breeds in this current wool exploration, it would be really good to see, you know, to compare those. Um, so do seek out as local as possible to you um, and do include it all in the same chat thread don't separate it out I'm super happy that people are stoked about wool exploration thank you and thank you for filling in the Google form with your reviews and that is super important uh, because it's really the only way to collate that information well and I do aim to make these reviews available in a helpful form post-wool exploration So even if you're running behind with Wool Exploration, please uh, upload your reviews anyway um, using the same Google link. It's pasted in the top of every uh, Wool Exploration chat thread. It's on every um, Wool Exploration post on Knit British. I also understand that copying and pasting while using a tablet or mobile from Ravelry into the Google form isn't easy for some people. I don't know if there's a helpful app or trick Anybody who has information on that might let us know, and that would be really, really helpful. Unfortunately, I can't copy and paste travel Reviews into the form for you. So if tablets are not working for you, perhaps you need to move on to a laptop or desktop computer, but I'm not able to do that for you. Right, on with the Ryland. I'll talk about my own experience of Ryland Um, in a minute but I just want to tell you a little bit about the breed. Ryland is a down-like breed but is not a down breed. We've had a question in the Knit British Ravelry group about this uh, and I will go on to tell you why. It's unrelated to down breeds but as the uh, breed has gone on uh, and been improved over the years it's become down-like in quality. Uh, But once the Ryland had one of the finest fleeces. The Fleece and Fibre Sourcebook tells us that Ryland is named for the ryegrass pastures that they grazed on in Herefordshire from as early as the 1300s. And it's thought that they're one of the oldest um, sheep breeds and originally, as I've said, one of the finest wool breeds in the UK. Their wool apparently could rival Merino. Philip Walling, in his great book, Counting Sheep, talks about the earlier breed. It's th- the breed is thought to have been descended from the sheep stock brought to Britain by the Romans. Uh, and he talks about how its fleece carried the highest price in the 1300s. The fleece was called Lemster Ore, uh, which is the name of the area, and um, it. The fleece came from sheep grazing around Tintern Abbey. Apparently, Queen Elizabeth had stockings made from Lemster ore and the Lord Chancellor apparently had uh, this wool in the wool sack um, that he sat on. In the 1300s, lemmster ore was worth 28 marks per £364 sack and in today's money, that is £3,000 per sack. Can you imagine if the wool prices were the same as that they were back then? Oh my God. This is from Counting Sheep, page one, uh, page 29. The lemster ore probably didn't come from any uniform type or breed, but was created by the land the sheep grazed and the way the flocks were kept. The old type of sheep which gave the lemster ore was an ancient English short-wooled heath sheep, which it... Some remote time had had occupied all the English and Welsh sheep walks but was pushed further into the West by Saxon invasions. It was a small, fine-boned, very hardy sheep with exceptional ability to thrive on scanty pasture. It was the sparseness of the unimproved ancient pastures that made the wool fibres so fine. When such sheep are grazed on lusher pastures their wool deteriorates and becomes coarser. This, coupled with unwise crossing with modern breeds, particularly the new Leicester, in an attempt to improve the carcass, damaged the wool even more. Flock masters discovered, often too late to repair the damage, in their zeal to grow a better carcass that improving the carcass reduces the quality of the wool. The modern descendant of this old type is supposed to be the Ryland, which is medium-sized, solid square sheep, naturally pulled in both sexes and covered in short, dense, fine wool all over its face and down its legs almost to its hooves but the wool of the modern Ryland is so much inferior to that of its forebears having been ruined by inj- injudicious crossing that it is a shadow of the sheep whose fleeces once rivalled the best of Spain its modern manifestation is the recherché interest of smallholders and sentimentalists and woolly relic from a vanished age uh, I don't know if that's kind of harsh, that last bit there uh, at one point in the 1970s the Ryland was numbers had dwindled to less than a thousand uh, breeding yows and they went on the um, watch list, the rare breed survival watch list and it's because of dedicated breeders and smallholders and hobby hobby sheep farmers, if you want to call them that um, that have brought up those flock numbers to more healthy levels and have moved them off the danger list the modern breed is still a small sheep it's 64 to 87 kilograms depending on the sex and while its wool no longer rivals that of Merino as the Lempster or did the wool is fine, soft, fluffy uh, locks are dense, staples are about 2 to 3 inches Uh, The sheep can be white, but there is also a coloured variety in the British breeds too. Colours range from greys, blacks and browns. And apparently, Aussie rylans do not have that gene. White rylans have been seen as more valuable, the wool um, uh, particularly. And I've definitely heard of coloured rylans being seen as somehow inferior by some farmers. But spinners have always enjoyed... The range of colours that are available uh, in this breed As I say, the, the white Ryland was was seen as a more valuable sheep And it was only in 2010 that the coloured Rylands got their own flock book uh, So all coloured sheep, are Ryland sheep, are registered um, in that flock book If you have smallholder dreams, well, as I've said, the Ryland um, is said to be ideal As they are small, docile and easy to handle um, they are also excellent to meat sheep, because let's not forget, wool and meat, it's pretty good. Uh, let's use all of the sheep where we possibly can. Um, sorry to offend anybody who doesn't uh, like that, but I think it's really important, um, particularly for sheep farming. Can't forget that um, as well as wool being important to us, there is another industry when it comes to sheep. And meat is important um, to so when it comes to our reviews, uh, we had 23 Violent Wool Exploration reviews and they came from Think Knit and Green, Dry Gardening, Becky P, uh, Maz Knitter, Liz NCK, So Cherry, Elfin Petronella, Souf, A Big Bee, Ma Dashper, Rebecca 72 Jones, Marietta 694, Fine Fetal Fibres, Tigger B, Sin Spins, Only Dreaming, Claudia Jano, uh, Seaweed Sarah, Lisa Marguerite, Erkia, and we had various different uh, brands of yarn being used uh, seven swatches with blacker yarn seven with Rose Dean Ryland and actually I've done two as well so we'll add that to it. Uh, one hand spun so far although I will add to that too. Uh, two uh, yarns from Strohen, one uh, yarn for rainbows, which is an Etsy seller. One from Black Bat Rare be- Breeds. One from the Threshing Barn. One swatch from Fairfax Rylands, and one swatch from Wandering Goose Farm. Of that, uh, the majority have been double knit weight, with uh, one iron and seven four ply. I think all of our yarns are wool and spun. Um, I think because Ryland is a short staple yarn, then that's going to be the best preparation. Um, to get the best uh, out of a yarn. As I said, it looks like it's all British Ryland, so nothing from Australia, New Zealand or the US. I will, again, take this opportunity to remind you to check your own locale um, for these breed uh, yarns too. And that doesn't just mean your backyard, though if you've got this yarn in your backyard, that's wonderful. But uh, local can mean town, state and country, um, or neighboring country, I guess too, I mean it's all about showing the variety also it's about supporting your local and if you've got this yarn, these breed yarns in your um any of the you know close areas then then it's really good to try and support that in our patterns used this month, we had. Uh, a Berlin Square, Kate Davis Berlin Square, lots of vivid squares. We had garter stitch being used. We had a stitch called Lads and Lattice Motif, which I like the sound of that. We've had mitre squares, linen stitch, moss stitch and stockinette. Uh, the needle and hook sizes have ranged from 3.25... Uh, sorry, the needle and hook sizes. the most popular... Have been three point two five millimeters and four millimeters, but um, you've gone as low as three millimeters and as high as five point five millimeters uh, in your needles and hooks this month. And we shall talk a little bit about um, our our findings now. Pardon my scruffling here, but I have a few different bags. Um, Um, so I as I say I do have some Ryland fleece I bought a small amount for drop spindling and I can't tell you where it is I don't know (laughs) I the fact that I hadn't got around spinning it I did want to talk to you about the fleece and how I found it and I'm blaming Edinburgh Iron Festival I've put things away I've tidied things up and not I don't know where I've put it I will talk to you about it another time and I definitely will add my findings to uh, review. So I have a couple of swatches here and um, one is on the needle still um, but by the time this goes out I shall have it finished and I shall um, have pictures. Um, So I should say I have been knitting uh, polygon uh, hexagons for the polygon blanket uh, for, by Tin Can Knits, which I am attempting to, I guess, make um, for out of the wool exploration. But I'm also going to be doing um, polygons for appropriate review yarn that we're using. So, um, But uh, I, I'm trying to get as many hexkins out of one ball, so that I have one for my blanket, but I also have some as um, sort of teaching aids. So the 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 two Rylands that I have here are both from Rose Dean Ryland and I have, actually I have three because I have four ply, I have in, in the coloured Ryland, I have a double knit in the coloured Ryland which was the first one I bought back, um, oh, 2016 when this yarn launched at Fluff um, and listeners of the podcast will remember that I was there. There's also a lighter double knit which is a cross of the blend of the lighter coloured Ryland um, fleeces with white Ryland and this has resulted in a sort of latte coloured yarn and it's gorgeous it's glorious I guess what launched at Fluff in 2016 was actually the 2015 clip and this lighter one is from the 2016 clip. Uh, we'll refer to it as that uh, I might be wrong, if I'm wrong I'll put it in the show notes but dark Ryland 2015 clip li- lighter Ryland 2016 clip let's let's put it that way so the one that's still on the needles is the 2015 clip and these I feel different, the darker Ryland has a, now let me see if I can get picked this up for you, this is the hand squish grab it has um, a lovely handle, bouncy, it's dense. And when I breathe it in, it's so warm. It's There's such a warmth, just holding it in your hands, you immediately feel how insulating this wool is. Um, for those of you who want to know about softness, the, the 2015 clip, the darker coloured uh, Ryland, it's got a dry creaminess. I mean, I know that's an oxymoron, I think some of you will do a hand squish grab and think that's not as harsh as it looks because it's got um, a lovely heathered effect because it's obviously a Ryland yarn using all different colours of the coloured Ryland from the greys to the dark chocolates and it's got a beautiful sort of heathered look about it and it does look like when you hold it it might have a prickle. I can't feel a prickle. The 2016 clip... The light coffee coloured. This is creamier still. This is softer. Oh, that amazing warmth is when you breathe it in, and the amazing warmth when you hold it in your hands. It's it's really incredible. That's one thing that I find wearing the swatch as well is that um, the most thing I felt from wearing the swatch has been the warmth. I cast on my polygon, and the, if. For anyone who's not seen it, this is a little garter um, hexagon with, I suppose, defined spokes, <laughs> if you want to call it that. What I noticed um, first of all about the yarn is that it was really uh, smooth on the needles. I was using wooden needles, and I really liked how that uh, yarn felt in my between my fingers. Uh, it's again, it's it's quite a creamy feeling yarn. Uh, And it knit up really quickly. I kept thinking the whole time that I was knitting this that I wanted some sort of cosy sweater out of this because, again, the warmth uh, was something that really struck me. So I've knit one that I've just cast off and I shan't be blocking. And I've knit another, which I've cast off and I did block. Uh, Now, let me just measure for you how big this is to get the big ones out because I don't know where my my ruler is, I'm using a big old tape measure the diameter of the unblocked is about 5.5 inches and the diameter blocked is 7 inches so this yarn blocks really well I soaked it in Yusalan and I left it soaking all day while I was at work it took quite a while to sink down into the bubbles and I think it's due to that lovely dense um, springy nature of the yarn I say blocked it really quite aggressively and it's really not lost its block um, at all it's not lost its dimensions it stayed pretty much the same I wore this at work um, the next day I wore it on my um, at my shoulder and I can feel at my neck a very slight initial scritch, but it just completely disappeared. And again, the warmth is what I felt. I just felt a lovely warmth um, from it. Uh, later on in the day, I moved it down to my waistband and wore it against my hip. And felt no prickle there, but again, felt the warmth. Do remember to test your swatches in more than one place. Because there are 14 different nerve fibres um, in our bodies and they are not distributed evenly um, what we feel in the hand is not the same as what we feel if we were to rub it on our forearm or to wear it at our neck or to wear it at our hip or to wear it at our back or you know rub, rub it on our face we feel those things differently so do try and remember to move your swatch about the dark Ryland is still on the needles but we'll see what other people feel in their reviews because I know that people have used the dark uh, Rose Dean Ryland in their own reviews. I kind of loved the story of this yarn from the get-go. Rose Dean Ryland uh, uh, comes from Rosemary Champion, who is the accidental smallholder who has a really informative smallholder website and also organises the Scottish Smallholders and Growers Festival. And you know, decided to get get wool spun. Uh, her friend is Sue Blacker, Sue Sue got her into it. And I, you know, I as soon as I saw it, I thought, yeah, this is this is gonna be great. This is gonna be a really good workhorse yarn and, you know, I really, really love both the the lighter and the darker colours. I'd love to try some white Ryland and I will pick out um the white Ryland reviews in our exploration today. And we'll see if white Ryland is different from, from the feel of of the darker. Um, I think I think that's quite interesting. I think there'll be some interesting things to discover. So let's indeed discover what you thought of Ryland. So the hand squish grab. I've already told you what I think. This is what some of our uh, fantastic reviewers thought. So think in knit green. She said... It's very spongy. The ball bounces back when squeezed in my hand. Very elastic. Dry Gardening said the skein had a spongy, compression-resistant quality, ready to spring back from crushing or pinching. The skein and yarn felt smooth and almost sleek to the touch. Beck- uh, Becky P, who was using uh, white Ryland, said, This yarn is soft and firm, smooth and strong, Sheepy smell and no guard hairs. Maz Knitter said, uh, and she was using Wandering Goose Farm, she said, a, plin- a plump, a plungy, a plump, spongy, double knit, which seems more like an Aran weight to me. The yarn has a very round profile. The colour is darker than Manx or a Shetland Murrit and a deep brown with perhaps the slightest grey, hints of grey within it. Uh, Liz NCK, her hand squish grab, she said a good, solid, working yarn Elaine Socheinitz is robust, soft looks like it would have a beautiful cable definition lovely spin if I didn't know the breed I would have thought there was nylon in it not intended negatively but meaning it feels like a really strong yarn Uh, she was using um, a blacker Ryland Uh, Another person using uh, white Ryland is uh, Elfin Petronella. And she said of the hand-squish grab, It felt sturdy with little or no give in the ball, but soft to the touch. Uh, Although it's white fleece, I'd say the colour is more of a cream, which reminded me of Dad's cricket jumpers. Oh, that's lovely. Um, Soof Anne, she she was using this... um, coffee coloured um, yarn I know because I gave her gave her the ball myself. Again the coffee colour f- is a blend of the lightest of the coloured fleeces along with some white um, fleece and she says the hand squish grab is bouncy and rustic and another person using the this uh, light colour of Rose Dryland was a big bee. And she says the ball itself is compact and soft yet firm to the touch. Inside the ball is just the same as the outside. A lovely halo of soft white hairs surround the wool. And the wool has a lovely twist. So there we have that white showing through mixed with the... Um, with the coloured fleeces, you're getting a bit more of a, a textured colour, a heathered colour, I'd say. Ma Dashper, Fay, she bought her yarn off Etsy. It, it was white and she had dyed it herself. She said it's sturdy and took the dye exceptionally well. Um, she said it was softish but quite dense in the in the hand-squish grab. Nitty uh, Narna, she said that... Uh, It was slightly rough on the face but not itchy or prickly Sturdy and she's expecting good stitch definition There were no guard hairs, minimal vegetable matter The yarn looks tightly spun with three plies Slight halo and the ball seemed plump And that was uh, one of the blacker yarns uh, ones that she was using Somebody who was using Fairfax uh, violins was Rebecca 72 Jones and of the hand squish grab, she said the ball felt solid and robust. Utilitarian was my first impression. Smelt pleasant, not sheepy, but not artificial. Initially, I thought household items such as tea cozies or cushions. So already from the hand squish grab, you're getting different impressions. You're getting impressions of this as a soft, halo yarn. And you're getting impressions of this as a solid, robust yarn. What they all seem to share is that bouncy quality, which is lovely, that real yield in the, in the skein, that bounce back. Arietta694, she bought her yarn at Edinburgh Yarn Festival and she got it from the Threshing Barn. And she said, uh, in the skein it feels bouncy, it looks very rustic with a natural brown-grey colour and woolen spinning. Uh, the yarn is constructed from two plies but looks very rounded. Uh, I assume it will block really well. Uh, Someone else using white um, violent is fine fetal fibres, Judith, and she says um, the hand squish grab was dense, firm, creamy, and even spin feels warm and outdoorsy. Gosh, yes, it's warm. Uh, Tigger B says the ball squish is firm with a good bounce back. Individual strands has a good stretch as plump spin and space to thin out, but jumps back into that plump state. Sin spins, she said, the particular sheep that produced this fleece was unaware that it was supposed to be soft enough for Queen's stockings. The fibres are fine and crimpy but very crisp. Now remember, Sinspins, that that was the Lemster ore. That was the wool that came before this breed was improved. So, you know, again, I stress to remember uh, that not all breed wool is homogenous and it does change over time. Uh, only daydreaming is firm bouncy and the opposite of silky Uh, Claudia says rustic and dense Uh, Seaweed Sarah who's also using white says um, robust very bouncy not soft or silky but something that can stand up to plenty of wear Uh, Lisa Marguerite the wool feels soft but has no discernible sheepy smell to it she was using a four ply from Rose Dean that um, is a great four ply a bit more like a sport you might say Uh, you might agree Lisa I'm not sure Uh, Erkia she did two reviews, Uh, the first hand squish grab of the uh, blacker she says feels light and bouncy a bit of luster and the colour is a beautiful creamy white, she also used an auchin strohan and she said the wool is spun into a single and has a little spinning oil in it it's fine wool with an indistinct crimp so again a, a mixed bag of of hand squish grabs um with the white and the lighter violins seeming a little softer, and as arkia said there, a little bit of luster, a little bit of reflective nature in in the white yarn and uh but something that's dense and good and warm, and all of those kind of positive things. I know that there's a lot of you who might be thinking. I, but I heard people say, not soft. Uh, but that's just the hand-squish grab. That's just the ball. Let's see how it felt when swatching. Dry Gardening says the ply and spin of this yarn resulted in a round yarn, with, which was elastic and strong and easily manipulated into both crochet and knitting methods. The individual strands of the yarn did not display a tendency to separate when being worked. That's great to know, not splitty. Becky P, smooth through the fingers, nice to work with. Maz Knitter, feels slightly fuzzy to the touch, but for some reason reminds me of slightly of chenille yarn. I kind of get that. I kind of get that feeling, that kind of creaminess again um, that you get with with chenille. Uh, Liz NCK, she says, I was going to do a swatch, um, but I decided to do colour work using Ryland and Gotland. They work together well. The Gotland has enough stickiness to hold the two together. And it was a harmonious coupling. Uh, so Cherry says, a very dry wool, but looks like it would be so waterproof. And you can make an umbrella from it. Beautiful stitch definition. Now that's interesting. I wonder if anybody wants to try that. But well, I did say that it took ages to sink into the, into the suds. So perhaps it is quite uh, dense and um, not quite waterproof, probably, though. <laughs> Elfin Petronella, she says, pleasingly sheepy feel, it was warm in my hands, one for autumn, winter knitting, I think, smooth knit with, creating lush, plump stitches. Uh, Souf said that it was, uh, Ryland was easy to work with, good stitch definition. Uh, A Big B said, not too itchy to work with, but has a coarse and firm feel. Stitches are very well defined and the wool has a lovely twist. There is no splitting and the stitches hold a drop stitch well. That's always good to know, isn't it? There is a soft halo around the wool that softens the look of this swatch. Now, uh, a big bee was using the coffee-coloured Ryland. Ma Dashper says it's very structured and once in place the yarn doesn't budge again. That's great to know that it's got that sort of stickiness. Um, Which we expect from a wool and spun yarn. You know, wool and spun yarns tend to be better for colour work and things like that because of that. Knitty Narner says, fairly soft, not prickly, seems grippy. Rebecca72Jones said, the wool felt dry, solid, coarse whilst knitting. My hands felt a bit sticky after knitting. It absorbed the light and appeared dull as a swatch knit up. I compared the luster of this with my Gotland swatch which shone and realised how different they are. I, I mean, again, you you find more luster in the long wool breeds because of the nature of their fleece. It's more uh, reflective, so therefore they are the luster breeds. But you do find on some short wools that there, that there can be luster, as we will see with Jacobs next time. Uh, Fine Fetal Fibres uh, said that softens as knit, with knitting, no guard hairs, good stitch definition. She was also using the white Ryland, so again, perhaps there's a more softness with the white. Tigger B says the hands feel the yarn feels solid in the hand, slipping over the metal hook with ease, but with a stickiness, pulling the yarn through crochet loops. Despite the stickiness, the yarn feels smooth and definitely not irritating on the skin as worked. Sin spin says this yarn has a lot of spring due to all that crimp, feels very dry in the hand. very, very dense. Wool, uh, so that definitely contributes to that springiness. Only dreaming said the yarn was quite firm and dry, and didn't she didn't feel like there was much flow through the fingers. She was using Rose Dean Ryland four ply. Uh, Claudia says it softened a lot while swatching. Feel of lanolin, good stitch de- definition, no splicing of threads, light halo and sheen. Uh, Seaweed sarah uh, said when working with this, it felt a bit rough was resilient in my hands and didn't flow very well. I struggled to get an even tension she says so I didn't really enjoy the action of knitting but it produces a dense firm fabric uh, with no drape. In fact it would pretty much sit up by itself (laughs) Lisa Magritte says it's definitely rustic looking and feeling but there is no prickle or itch from the ball and the finished unblocked swatch So let's look at the washing and blocking of these swatches shall we knit and think green said the fabric has softened and gained suppleness stitches have pleasantly gelled together wearing next to the skin is comfortable and exudes warmth dry gardening soaked in warm water for two hours she says the knit swatch opened up more than the crochet swatch uh, although i attribute that to different types of stitch patterns It held the block nicely, worn directly against the chest for a day with lots of moving indoors and outdoors. I was aware of the swatch throughout the day, although I did not find myself inclined to remove it. It felt very warming. Not for baby soft skin, uh, but I would use it against my forehead, neck and as as a second layer torso garment. Uh, Becky P. soaked in Ysalan for 30 minutes and wore under the shirt for a day it was it was warm and smooth on the skin and forgotten about in minutes Maz who I can always rely on to go a little bit further machine washed hers in a cold wool wash cycle and spun at 60 rpm and used some unscented fabric conditioner in the rinse she deliberately blocked hers hard to increase the depth and reduce the width so it would fit better for her wear test. She used the swatch as a headband to see how it worked against the skin of her forehead. The first time I tried this, it felt really comfortable, but made my forehead hot and sweaty. So I didn't feel like continuing with this experiment. Unfortunately, the fabric has stretched slightly with wear, so I've had to pin it down to a smaller size to fit. So Cherry said it's not really changed. Maybe a touch more halo and comfort to the feel. Elfin petronella said she gave it a short dip in uh, lukewarm water and wool wash and it floated on the surface which suggests it may be water resistant definitely find that myself the stitches plumped out even more and the swatch grew about a centimeter i wore the swatch under my brass strap while running errands and forgot it was there i remembered about four hours later my shoulder was much colder when i removed the swatch at Souf, says that in the wash the she made some knits and they softened and relaxed a bit. A Big B said the swatch softened during blocking and has good stitch definition and bounce to it. Ma Dashper says she wore the swatch pre and uh, post first wash and there was no prickle at all. A little softer after the first wash. The stitches have not changed at all. Great definition and very structured with no real drape. Knitty Narna soaked it for about two hours and blocked lightly not much change stitch definition remains softened slightly she wore it on her hip and immediately forgot it was there no itch or tickle would be happy to wear it next to her skin although um there was a bit of tickle when she wore it under her bra so she wouldn't use it for undies well yeah i i would probably agree with you there Uh, Rebecca 72 Jones left her soaking overnight in cold water and soak. And she said there was an interesting yellow-brown hue to it after washing. Oh, the water had an interesting yellow-brown hue to it after washing. That would have been the lanolin coming out. Um, It has stiff drape, good stitch definition. Uh, My partner thought it was rough and it would not pass the dashboard test. You might remember that last time she used her swatch to clean the dashboard. Marietta washed it in Yucela and blocked it heavily. I wore it for a day on my hip and under my brass strap without even noticing it was there I did some strong rubbing afterwards and discovered one very little pill the wool has blossomed and softened and the stitches more even fine fetal fibres this blocked beautifully slight bloom softened a bit surprisingly soft to wear Uh, Tigger B soaked in wool wash for longer than I intended to as I forgot it changed in size but softened losing some of the initial firmness Wore the swatch under my brass strap whilst on a busy day and like other breed swatches this one moved around a lot so I had to readjust to avoid strange glances as it uh, made escape plans via my neckline. But even with that movement it was not uncomfortable next to the skin and there was no irritation. Uh, Sin spins. She washed it in hot hand water with a bit of soap and a cold water rinse. It blocked 9.5 inches wide. And she could have probably blocked it larger due to the elasticity the dry swatch was softer and not so stiff she wore it on her waistband for a day without irritation uh, but there was no way that i could wear it around my neck or my face for long so there again you know it's really good to try your swatch in different areas only dreaming um, said it softened up and it was comfortable to wear on the waistband claudia said that the swatch bloomed and the knitting feels stretchy and strong and soft against the skin. Seaweed Sarah said it softened considerably and took on a lovely worn look. The stitches remained uh, a bit uneven as knitted but I'm guessing it's because it's quite sticky. She says she wore it on her shoulder at her bra strap and couldn't feel it at all and only missed the warmth when her uh, DH asked what's that poking out of your fleece and she pulled it out. (laughs) Escaping swatches. Lisa Magritte uh, used hand-warm water, no soap, blocked it using pins and it blocked to 10 inches square. The wool surprised me as I'd expected it to get softer with blocking, however it seems to have stayed the same texture. When I tucked the swatch into my brass strap, I found that it itched the skin, so I moved it to the waistband of my jeans. I was definitely aware of it all day and kept swapping between the two areas. It also seemed to grow a bit after blocking, even though I didn't stretch it with pins. It was 10 inches when I cast off, but 10.5 after blocking. The sheepy smell that I'm a big fan of did increase more after blocking. That's interesting. And Arkea said, The fabric is soft enough to be worn next to the skin. Uh, The swatch stretched easily from seven inches square while being blocked, but shrank a little while drying. And in her other swatch, she said, when she was washing it, she folded it uh, folded it up twice to squeeze the water out and the fabric felt spongy the swatch is not exactly soft but it did not prickle me either and I wore it without any discomfort so again we're finding more perhaps that this wool becomes soft with a wash and blooms with a wash uh, it's still a dense fabric that it's making so immediately I just want to make lots of outdoorsy things with it and lots of structured things with it. The white Ryland definitely sounding like it softens more. So Seaweed Sarah um you know said it considerably softened. She was using the white. Fine Feather Fibers was using the white and she said there was a bloom and it had softened and it was surprisingly soft to wear. So again it's about not believing that just because you've tried one breed wool another yarn of the same breed is going to be the same because quite evidently there's a lot of variation. So who tried washing it again? What happened in the second wash? Well, Becky P, she uh, soaked hers in New Slan for 40 minutes and wore it against her hip. She said it held its pattern and its shape and it didn't need another blocking to be reshaped. So good structural yarn. Think Knit and Green said the fabric has softened more. No pill. Still spongy. Stitch definition is excellent. Dry gardening. Use a top-blowing machine with hot water wash. 19 minutes agitation. Two cold rinses. Tumble dry. No heat. It fooled rather than felted. The yarn appears to be very durable although stitch definition blurred somewhat after that process. Uh, Maz, who had done the headband, she repeated the washing pr- uh, procedure as uh, before putting it in the washing machine and she said she left it to dry in the sunshine without blocking the swatch now makes a really comfortable, warm, smooth hairband with no sense of a prickle against the skin of my forehead when I wear it in the second wash for Elfin Petronella she gave the swatch 15 minutes in lukewarm water and wool wash and again it floated and it was not fully saturated within those 15 minutes there was a slight shrinkage on the second wash. So I think if I were making a garment um, with this, I'd give it a lengthy bath for the first block. There was a slight halo after the second block, but it didn't pill even on being scuffed about a bit. Love that. Scuff your swatches. Um, Souf, uh, on the second wash, her mitts softened and relaxed a bit more. Ma Dashbert said, in, after the second wash, absolutely fine to wear, I... Had the North Rhine swatch on one brass strap, the Gotland on the other. So each time I wore this one, tucked into my jeans, absolutely fine to wear. I had this one tucked into my jeans and top, across my stomach. The stitches are really defined, and the only change is a slight amount of blooming in the second wash. Rebecca 72 Jones. I put for the second wash, I put it in the washing machine on a wool cycle. I've never done that with a hand knit. It's still the same size, 27 centimeters by 27 centimeters. Stitch definition is good. No felting. It is still stiff. It has softened up with the wash. I wore it against my bra strap again. It did not itch and it was warm. So again, you know, wash and wear and wash and wear and wash and wear. The more we wear items the softer that that yarn can become. And this looks like Ra- Ryland is a really good candidate um, for that. The size of the block swatch after. Um, many people saying that it had kept its shape same as unblocked. Um, Becky P's cast off Berlin was 15 centimetres square and uh, was 16 centimetres square after um, two wash, block and wears. Blocked swatches really keep in their shape for the most part. Um some saying no change at all. So what do we think would be great use for Ryland yarn? Lots of uh due to the insulating properties, lots of um winter jumpers, hats and mitts being recommended particularly knit thinking green uh dry gardening saying based on my experience with these swatches i believe this yarn would work well for knit or crochet hats cowls scarves and any second layer um of a garment including lace shawls since Becky P, lovely yarn. I would try cables. Uh, I'm going to consider it for a hat or jumper and would happily wear it next to my skin. Maz says, I like the soft yet wooliness of this yarn. I've used the rest of the ball to make pockets and a neck lining for an oversized jumper that I knitted in New Lanark Aran. I think it would be useful for hat brims in combination with other breed wools and would make great cozy hats, cowls, etc. Due to the price... I would not sure that I would embark on large garments in particular for this particular brand of Ryland, which was Wandering Goose Farm. Uh, Liz NCK, I will use Ryland again. As I mentioned in the beginning, it's a good working yarn that's perfect for colour work. Uh, so Cherry Elaine says this cable pattern and needle size would make a great stand-up on its own snood. Uh, as I swatched, I thought it would only really be suitable for hats, mitts and scarves. It looks it looks so toasty warm, but I really stretched it blocking to test memory and resilience. And when it's a bit more airy, I feel that it would make a lovely garment, jumper or cardi DK, probably too thick for a shawl. Elfin Petronella, who was using white Ryland, said, I think the combination of softness and sturdiness makes Ryland very versatile. It would make a good outer layer because it's slow to soak up the water. But it's so soft and warm that I'd happily wear it next to my skin. Souf said jumpers, mitts, blankets, cable work, and work. Uh, a big bee said this wool is lovely. A soft halo around the wool creates softening effect to counter the firmness of the wool. I think it would make lovely hats, sweaters, blankets, even scarves and would be wonderful to use in cables. Ma Dashper says she would use it for garments, homewares, potentially for socks. Basically anything you can think of making for warmth and durability with structure rather than drape. My final five words to describe it are sturdy, defined, dense, hard wearing and dependable. Rebecca 72 Jones said it would make good outer garment and would benefit from holding its form. My colleagues at work thought it would make a lovely warm throw. I didn't like it to start with, but it grew on me. That makes me feel like I want to punch the air because it's moving from our beyond our initial thoughts of what this yarn, what any breed yarn might be like and working with it, exploring it, looking at it under a microscope, you know, in terms of how you... You knit with it, wash it, block it, wear it, check it every stage of the way. It can grow on you. It can change your perceptions. Uh, Mariette694 didn't think lace was such a good choice because it was quite a heathered um, colour. But it blocked very well and she would use it for colourwork, fair isle, marlisle. Oh, very nice. But also for sweaters. Ticker B said, I like this breed. I can imagine colourwork jumpers or textured gansies of being equally Uh, successful and warm Since Spins would like to try spinning Ryland again with fleece from a different sheep to see how much of a difference there might be between individuals in the breed. Another air punch for me on that one, that's brilliant Um, hats, mitts, boot socks perhaps. Did the queen have boot socks? (laughs) Again um, you know the queen had a much softer variety of this fleece (laughs) And it was the first Queen, Elizabeth. Let's, I don't think I was clear when I said that. Uh, Only Dreaming said, This is a workhorse yarn. Very elastic, a resilient, warm and sturdy. Would make great mittens. Claudia Jano said, Workhorse yarn, fit for jumpers, cardigans, accessories and will endure in hard wearing items. Excellent stitch definition. Uh... See me, Sarah said, initially I'd have said no to using this again. I didn't particularly enjoy the action of knitting with it. It felt sticky and didn't flow through my fingers. It was hard work and eventually my hands hurt after a while, but it transformed by blocking. Traditional outdoor garments would be great, probably not cables or iron, as I don't think mine would behave well enough to get good tension. But certainly garter stitch, moss stitch and similar Uh, Textural stitches well some some of our reviewers have said cables i should also say that if you find a yarn is too sticky i.e too lanolin-y to work with wash it before you continue any further Uh, louise hunt was talking about this not that long ago with me saying she'd bought yarn from used wool but it's too lanolin-y for her to work with and she doesn't know what to do with it i said wash it wash that skein if it's in a ball skein it up Wash it because you've got to think about your enjoyment of it. And if you find that it's just far too lanoliny, and that you're not making an even tension and that you're not enjoying the knitting process, try it. Okay, it might add a little extra time onto your um, whole reviewing, you know, exploration process. But it's a valid point, you know, that to give it a go. So see, we'd say that perhaps that's an uh, an option to try next time if. Or if you still have more of that wool and you might want to to see what it's like once you've washed it, then knit with it. And let us know if you do that, because I'd like to know if you felt that it was less sticky uh, to knit with. Lisa Marguerite said, the colour of the swatch is a lovely uh, blend of grey and brown with lighter flecks. She'd uh, keep this as a wool blanket for herself, she said and IKEA said the yarn is lovely and she'd made a shawl with it which is light and pretty and the gartered ridges in the shawl look like furrows of a ploughed field that's down to that wonderful stitch definition isn't it I asked if anyone had anything else to say about it uh, lots of, of mentions of the different colours uh, and how they struck you Dry Gardening said the yarn and fabric has a matte flat quality that is attractive and characterful and displays a uh, nice stitch definition. Maz Knitter said she found it impossible to photograph or swatch uh, successfully. Perhaps it's just hard to capture this for any brown wool. I think sometimes it is difficult especially if you're using a dark coloured dryland. As I said there are lots of um, variations of colour and texture in, in that so it is a bit difficult to get a picture of So Cherry was very pleasantly surprised uh, and this is the first breed um, that she's tried in the exploration and she will definitely come back to it. Soof said she'll definitely try Rylands again given the opportunity Ma Dashper says it's, it um, crochets really nicely no splitting, lots of you said it's not a splitty yarn so that's that's fantastic to know uh, Nitty Narner said I wouldn't have thought to use this if I wasn't taking part in wool exploration this has been an eye-opener for me and I'm enjoying taking part thank you very much and thank you to everyone who said that that's what that's why we're doing this we need to we need to, to stop thinking about wool as being itchy or not itchy or soft and Or not soft. We need to think beyond all of that and keep looking at it um, in lots of different ways. And I'm very glad to hear that people are saying they would never have thought to use this, and would have now thinking again. That's down to everyone here. That's you know people who are listening to this podcast who now will think, well, maybe I will try it again if I you know, or maybe I'll give it a go. So thank you to all of our reviewers for your fascinating insights and your incredible. Um, work with your reviews to um, not only teach um, yourself something but help teach all of our lovely listeners a little bit about Ryland yarn. I've nearly lost my voice talking about that now, please bear with me while I have a little sip of my drink Thank you to everyone who took part in Wool Exploration this month and to everyone in the Knit British Ravelry group who took part in the chat for Island exploration. I know there are a few of you who took part um, but didn't manage to get your Google reviews in on time. That's fine. Do it anyway, even if you've not managed to get it in for this episode, it will still be part of an important resource. And also, Jacobs. By the time this goes out, you'll have just a few short days. Uh, to get your Jacobs reviews in, you will remember that we've had a little overlap um, this month because of Edinburgh Yarn Festival um, and the opportunity for buying Ryland and Jacobs there um, was, was quite good. So uh, yeah, we've had a little overlap. So your final deadline for getting your Jacobs reviews into the Google Form is the 9th of April. And we will be looking at Jacobs in episode 104. And again, there's going to be such a lot to explore because, again, Jacobs have these different colours in their fleece and they make incredibly different yarns. And we're going to see a big variation, I think. And then the breed that we've got coming after that with a deadline in May very beginning of May can't remember off the top of my head it's not in my notes I think it's I'm going to say the 8th of May I think is the deadline for the Teeswater and um, that's going to be a really interesting one too because here in the UK there's not a heck of a lot of spun teaswater yarn um, I, there'll be a post on this so I will be posting the references of where you can get Teeswater yarn in the UK but there's not a heck of a lot of it. I don't want you to be put off if you can't find it. There's plenty of um fibre, and a Google search will will um turn up plenty of fibre, whether uh fleece or combed uh, or prepared tops, but there's not a heck of a lot of yarn. And when I put up the post next week, you'll you'll you can try those sources. Also, I'll be checking out things like Etsy and Foxy an eBay this time I don't normally recommend eBay but you might find some some yarn on there particularly hand spun but this is a good conversation to have um, if you can't find teas water is that well what what is happening with teas water in the UK what's it going into is it going into carpets is it going into upholstery why do we not have a lot of, of teas water yarn although it might be disheartening for some who might not be able to get their hands on it Again, it's important. It's an important part of our conversation about British wool in particular. Um, also, it would be very interesting um, with for anybody using American teas water because the breeding um, is a bit different in America. Thank you so much for your wool exploration. And um, if you haven't taken part and you want to dip in now with um, Jacobs, well, as I say, you've not got very long for the Jacobs. We've only got another week. Then we've got teas water, after Teeswater, we've got Romney. After Romney, we've got Dorset breeds. And then we've got Southdown. So it'll be interesting to have um, a couple of down breeds, um, one after the other. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so Wool Exploration uh, is, is uh, going really great. And I really, really love your enthusiasm for taking part and uh, hearing that you're enjoying um, hearing the fruits of our exploration here on the podcast. Okay, I think my voice is about to go. I think I think this podcast has broken me, broken my voice more than Edinburgh Yarn Festival did. Thank you so much for listening. Honestly, it's an absolute pleasure to sit down here and talk to you, and I've really enjoyed reliving Edinburgh Yarn Festival with you and this will be a long episode, I can imagine. Um, but I've thoroughly enjoyed it and I'd like to also take a moment to say hello to absolutely everybody that i saw at edinburgh yarn festival i'm really really dreadful with um remembering names it's just far too overwhelming to remember all the details as you can hear from my inability to remember one day to the next because they all melded into one but i really am very appreciative of of everyone who came to say hello and everyone who's dropped me a line to say that you've enjoyed watching edinburgh yarn festival via um instagram and things like that and and that you've been looking for those of you who couldn't go have been looking forward to catching up on all the blogs and podcasts and things and hearing all about it so thank you very much for getting in touch and and i should also say before we go good night shay shay's mummy came and told me that that the only way that shay can go to sleep is if he listens to the knit british podcast now don't laugh i have a very soothing voice it's not because it's boring. It's because I've got a very soothing voice. I think that's what it is anyway. So good night, Shay, sweet dreams. And to anyone else who's listening to this, sweet dreams to you too. I will be back around about uh, the same time next month. Uh, if you are, again, if you are able, I will be at Fine Fetal Fibres in Northumbria on Saturday the 28th of April. And um, also future plan um, for going to woolen on the 26th of may Um, i don't know if any of you are going to that that's in dublin uh, the dublin yarn festival and yeah if there are anything else that i'm going to be at or going to be doing or want you to know about i will let you know via twitter and instagram where i am at knit underscore british till next time take very good care bye for now Thanks for listening to the Knit British Podcast. To find out more, visit www.knitbritish.net. You can email me, louise, at knitbritish.net. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at knit underscore british. And I'm on Ravelry as Lira. Take care of that throw. You're
1: a big singing star now, remember? This California dude is just a little heavier than usual. I stand, the sun is shining all over the place. But you have to talk it to the mic first.